So welcome to The Weekly. Uh, my name is Jonathan Franklin. I am guest hosting uh, this week as we begin a new series uh, that I'm excited about. We've been talking about for weeks now, uh, months actually. Um, but we're beginning a new series within The Weekly discussing literature um, and its significance in life, but specifically its significance in devotional life. And what does it look like uh, to follow Jesus uh, and read scripture? and read literature as well um, and be influenced by it. Uh, so today I have Bryce Harrison and Reagan Koschel What's with up? me. Hello. <laughs> and so we're just going to dive in. This first uh, podcast, we're going to look at what is what is literature um, and what is significance. But first, I want to throw a little curveball um, and ask a surprise question of both of y'all. Um, it's probably one you've thought of before, but... Um, if you were trapped on a deserted island and could only bring one book aside from the Bible, if you could only bring one book with you, what would it be and why? I'm assuming we can't cheat and pick something that has like several volume, like several books all in a single volume. I mean, if, it, if there is a series like in one book, but that's kind of cheating. Or like, you know, survival of the wild for dummies like that's probably been <laughs> actual literature i'm assuming is what uh, we're going for here right fictional fictional material single volume so if i can take multiple like volumes within one edition then i would probably take the lord of the rings trilogy all in one because it provides copious amounts of reading but if I'm honest, if there was one like singular book, one singular story that I could read and I couldn't uh, read anything else, um, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and admit it would probably be Little Women. I think that's my favorite story of all time. So you can give me grief for it, but every time I read it, I cry every time Beth dies all over again. I know nothing of this story. Why did you do this? <laughs> We need to preface this podcast with a spoiler alert. That's a that's a good one, Bryce. I again, I'm I'm not super familiar with that one, but no, I think uh, I think for me, I totally agree with the series has to be Lord of the Rings. If you know me, that's duh. But if it is one book, I think I would have to go with um, Pilgrim's Progress because it is one that is a personal favorite. Um, has been influential in my um, spiritual walk. So it's it's like, obviously it's not the Bible, but it would still be direct fruit uh, in a sense, I guess, to um, how to live. And it'd be a good encouragement for me personally. Wonderful, wonderful. So everyone has had some sort of interaction with literature, whether it be forced by education and, and schooling or pleasure reading and things like that. So the first question just right off the bat, why is literature a good thing? Why is it worthy of our discussion and study? So um, I'm going to answer that first. I'm actually an English teacher. Those who don't know, I guess I need to um, preface that. But um, I love a quote that my, my uh, mentor teacher 
actually said, if you love life, you love literature. Um, because that is what literature is. It's meant to be um, a model of life. And even um, the really fantastical types of literature or sci-fi or whatever, like even those like really out there literature, it still has aspects of life. And, and, and really uh, there's no way to separate um, the way that we look at life from literature and the way that stories unfold because we are constantly living in a story. And so I think literature helps enlighten us in a way that we can see things, experience things in a way um, without actually being able to do that. Um, Whether that is, um, you know, experience something where it's like, man, that was a bad idea. And I know a consequence that may come of it. So I'm not going to do that because I've, I've been able to kind of, to a degree, experience it through uh, literature, through a story. Yeah, I am. A, I'm not an English teacher, uh, but in college, my senior year, when I had uh, just needed to fill a credit hour, and everyone told me to take golf or bowling or lawn darts, I chose to take American literature too to fill that hour as an elective. So maybe that gives me some, uh, some credibility on the subject. Um, but no, I, I have been reading since as long as I can remember as a kid, I used to take a, uh, a great illustrated classic a day out onto the porch with me and read and wait for the mailman. Um, and that yes. was, that was, that was my childhood. Um, so I, I love, I love the classics. I love classic literature. And one of the reasons that I do is because, uh, it connects us with voices of the past. Um, people, um, saints who have been trying to follow Jesus well, uh, great thinkers of the past have all read these authors, have read these same words, have read these same stories, uh, and it's formed them in a way. It's formed our culture in a way. And so when I read classic literature, it, it connects me with history. It connects me with uh, philosophy. It, it kind of it bridges that gap into uh, into really what's um, ideas that have, have formed the world that we live in. And not just not just our culture, but cultures around the world. Every people group in every part of the world from the beginning of time have been storytellers. They've all told stories. That's always been a medium for people to communicate not just ideas and what they think, but also what they feel. Uh, and stories connect and resonate with people at a much deeper level than than just the exchange of ideas, but is really a way for people to to let their soul kind of bleed out on paper for others to, for others to read and identify with. Um, and so I think that's something that's super important for us as, as believers is to, to figure out not only to, to communicate and communicate well, but communicate at a heart level. And I think one medium that does that everywhere at every time is storytelling. And so I think that's one reason why literature is like literature is just fundamentally good. Absolutely. I mean, I think like back over my childhood and I don't, I don't know about y'all, but some of my fondest memories like center around literature and storytelling. I mean, I think like when my dad was deployed, um, he recorded like audio cassette tapes of him reading me the Harry Potter books. And like, I would sit there every night and just listen to him reading those books and flip through the pages. And I mean, I still have those. And those were like 15 years ago. Um, or something like that, or um, just stories like my grandmother would read to me and things like that. So, I mean, I think there's a, a sense where 
it just it bring it unites people. Uh, it brings people together um, around good books, around good stories. Um, it's just incredible. Um, so next question, um, we know there's like overall value to literature and there's entertainment value. Um, absolutely. But is there a way to read literature devotionally or, or in a way that is spiritually beneficial? Yeah, I think, I think there is. Um, so CS Lewis actually kind of touches on this idea in, uh, in the screw tape letters. There's a, a, a chapter where uh, screw tape is writing. So screw tape is uh, like a senior demon who's writing letters to his nephew Wormwood and giving him advice on how to mislead and tempt uh, his human patient. And one of the things that screw tape reminds Wormwood of is he says um, that uh, never, he said, he says, never forget that when we're dealing with any pleasure in its healthy and normal and satisfying form, we are in a sense on the enemy's ground. I know we've met one, many a soul through pleasure, but all the same, it's his invention, not ours. He made the pleasures and all our research so far has not enabled us to produce one. So I think when we, when we talk about something that brings us pleasure, brings us enjoyment, like, like reading, um, and good storytelling and good literature, uh, we can do that devotionally because in its essence, it is, it's God word facing. God is the creator who infused creation with pleasure and good things. Uh, and the enjoyment of those good things uh, is, is something that stirs our heart in devotion towards God. So even just kind of at the fundamental level of, is it, is it possible to glorify God by reading? I think the answer has to be yes, because it, it's pleasurable and all good, healthy uh, pleasures were, were created by God. That's why passages like 1 Corinthians 10 encourage us that whatever you do, whether you're eating or drinking, do all things to the glory of God, because all of those things, eating, drinking, reading good books, uh, etc., uh, they they were created by God and can be enjoyed and participated in in a, in a way that brings glory to God. Yeah, I think that's um, that's really really good, Bryce. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of that also. Um, I mean, dealing with the pleasure part, absolutely one hundred percent. I think another side of it too is just the fact that, um, like that that was the way that. Jesus probably 90% of the time chose to teach people. Um, I, you know, I, I, don't, I, I couldn't tell you exactly like, oh, this is the amount of speeches that he gave versus the amount of stories that he told. But if you were to look in the New Testament, parables are there way more than like expositional teaching. Um, and so um, not to mention, I mean, the Lord has chosen to show and reveal himself through literature. Like literally, the Bible is a work of literature. Obviously, we hold it to a higher standard than we would like Harry Potter, but um, it's still literature. And so there is that aspect of storytelling is, a, is very much a part of who God is. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's when literature absolutely can be used in a, in a manner of devotion. Um, obviously not in substitution, but in supplement. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, and again, I think literature also reveals a lot about who we are, the human condition. Um, I think it can really, I mean, even literature that 
had no intention of doing so can can point us to um to to christ and 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 to um just you know who he is um and so yeah i think i think literature is just a beautiful bridge to um again learn from the world that that god has created and, and has put us in yeah, and I think that's a really helpful observation that that the Bible itself is literature. And not only is the Bible itself literature, but it's a lot of different types of literature. Uh, there's, um, I mean, from Revelation, you have this apocalyptic literature that's that's dealing with uh, with imagery, um, and and everything is everything is kind of told in a very like vivid, uh, visceral way that like, that stokes your imagination. Um, there's, there's poetry in the old Testament. There's, there's, um, wisdom sayings. There's, there's biography. I mean, the gospels are, are biographies about Jesus. Uh, there's historical accounts all through the old Testament. And a lot of the, a lot of the books of the Bible are different types of literature, even woven together, uh, in them. I mean, think about the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel has historical accounts. It's, you know, to some degree, a, a biography about um, this guy that, that lived during those times. Um, but it also has has poetry and apocalyptic imagery in it. Um, and yet all of scripture is kind of using different literary genres to tell this grand story of redemption. And even outside of even outside of the ins, the inspired literature of God's word, there's a sense in which all different types of literature that have been written through the centuries um, pick up on these these grains of truth that that are dropped th- throughout creation. Uh, creation was created in a certain way by God, and the universe runs according to that grain. And so, any any stories that are true and lasting. Um, that that kind of stand the test of time and and resonate with us on a deeper level they do so because they they fit within the grain of the universe and they speak toward to that that something that is is bigger than us and is all encompassing a a great story that all of us are caught up in uh and so so all of those like reagan saying can be little bridges little on ramps into the grain of God's design that, that can reveal things ab- about him and, and ultimately like point us to the grand narrative of, of redemption that we, that we find in scripture. Yeah. Bryce. And I love the, I love the, the kind of the fact that you, you pointed out just literature that's kind of stood the test of time. Um, because I do want to also say like, I know a lot of the things that we've even referenced to right now has been like, you know, Lord of the Rings and C.S. Lewis and, uh, you know, John Bunyan. It's like, well, guys, all of those were like, they were believers. So what about John Steinbeck, who probably wasn't, I mean, I can't answer for him, but you know, probably wasn't. Um, and so, yeah. I, and I think like you were saying it is that, it bridges us to life in it of itself. Like even if a, if a scripture or not scripture, Oh gosh, that's wrong. Even if a book um, apart from scripture, even if that leads us to a degree, and I, and I want to be careful with this too, but um, to a degree leads us to our brokenness that also leads us to Christ. Um, and so, I mean, I think of, um, you know, the book of mice and men just going to go back with John Steinbeck is that, you know, it's not that, Oh my gosh, like I have this better version of Jesus because of that book. It's like, if anything, you lead through it and you're like, man, like 
people are broken. Like people live this way and, 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 and this is how people respond. Um, and that in and of itself enlightens me in, well, how do I respond to those types of people in a way that Christ would? Um, and so I, I want to be careful to say like, we love literature, but only the ones written by, you know, Christians because everything else is heresy. I don't think that's true either. Um, cause again, I think literature, all types of literature, um, does lead us there. Not all literature, but all types of literature. Yeah, that's funny that you mentioned Steinbeck because I was I was about to say like if you if you want to understand human depravity, read East of Eden, and and you will get a you'll get a picture of human depravity that will punch you in the gut. Um, if you you know if you want to understand like how a naturalist that that has no understanding of a God who's sovereignly in control of the universe uh, understands the world around him, read Jack London's call of the wild. And you'll see like when you, when you strip that, that theology away, this is, this is, this is what's left with. So it not only helps us understand our worldview and our world better, but it also helps us to understand how our neighbors and our friends around us are, are looking at that same world. That's, that's incredible. Um, so personally, um, in your experience with literature, um, how has reading brought you closer to Jesus? Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I can take this one first. Um, so this actually, I think my, this thought was actually kind of sparked in me when I was studying the, um, studying some of the Reformation thinkers and uh, particularly reading about uh Zwingli and Zwingli uh, uh, talked about, so he, he popularized the, the memorial view of the Lord's Supper, that the Lord's Supper is, is intended to be a symbol. Um, but unlike some have kind of accused him of, what he didn't mean by that was that it was simply just a symbol because symbols to him were not simply or just. Um, they were powerful images. So when Zwingli would, 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 is taking the supper, he's not thinking, oh, I'm going to pop some bread and juice into my mouth and go about my day. Like he, he is, is thinking about, about Christ's road to suffering and is, is envisioning is Jesus walking the, the road to Calvary, bearing his cross, um, like feeling Christ's pain alongside him. And it's a very tangible experience. Um, and so I, that got me thinking like, what are ways that we, that I can in the same way kind of envision the, the work of Christ, the story of redemption and, and almost like bodily experience it as I'm, as I'm glorifying Christ for what he's done. And as I, as I wrestled through that question, like one of the things that came up was there, like there are things that, there are stories that move me and, and resonate with me. And I, I can't help but have a overwhelming emotional response to. And the reason that I have such a strong response to a lot of those things is because they, because they parallel the story of redemption in, in the Bible. So something like, so uh, it, if it's difficult for you to to read the Easter narrative and think, you know, what do I do with that? It seems like a story from so long ago, and I'm trying to I'm trying to feel it, but it it feels a little bit distant. Um, this is where I think sometimes things like this can be in a devotional aid to us when 
um, you can read the the Chronicles of Narnia, and you can read Aslan going to the stone table, and you can feel like tears coming to your eyes, and you can want to just pick up a sword and join the battle and yell for Narnia and go rescue Aslan from the forces of evil. And then you can remember like how much better is the story of Christ and all of those things that you feel so deeply, you can feel them even deeper because you, you realize that that Christ is, is even better as you, as you kind of like, uh, you feel Frodo like struggle up the side of Mount Doom and the, the weight of the ring is like digging into his neck because he's the only one who bears the burden for all of the free peoples of Middle Earth and he has to bear it on his own shoulders up the side of the mountain. Uh, you can remember that that Christ bears the burden of sin for all of humanity and carries it up the side of Cal- Calvary by himself and, and you can... And, and how much greater is that story? And then you can feel it with an even greater, deeper agony and an even even more profound joy. Um, and then in moments like, like after the ring is destroyed and Sam lays on the side of Mount Doom and thinks about the taste of all that's good in the world, like strawberries and cream, you can taste and see that the Lord is good because the Lord is the one who destroys evil, bears the burden for, for his people. Um, and, and frees us from, from those chains. And so for me, it's been a way to, to experience those things viscerally and, and feel them deeply and, and not stop at the stories themselves, but then always ask, like, how, how much greater is Christ? Yeah, I think that I echo everything you just said. Um, and a lot of that, too, is even just the fact that it's one of those things where you you read those stories, especially in fiction, where it's like there has to be redemption. There has to be something next. And to know that there is and that it's Christ and it's not fiction. Like that to me is the part that's like, man, the story, you know, I love Lord of the Rings, Chronicles of Narnia. I, you know, I mean, Star Wars, whatever, storytelling. Um, but it's, it's fiction. It, but it's like, here's here's Christ um very real very much alive um and and that story how much better it is and i and i love that you said that i think for me um a lot of my love for literature and the way that literature has, has influenced my thinking um especially in my spiritual life is being a teacher um because i don't get the opportunity to read books and go guys let me tell you what the bible says about all that like i don't i don't have that opportunity um and so it it causes me to have to think, um, how can I weave um, the gospel? Um, you know, how can I weave that into um, what we're talking about? You know, um, and whether that is human depravity and like, what do y'all, you know, what do you, what do y'all think about this? Like, what do y'all think about life? Well, it's really bleak. Like, there's nothing good about it. Agreed. Like we need hope. Right. Um, and so diving into that, uh, I think diving into like archetypes gives me, uh, an outlet to be able to think about things just because Christ is an archetype. Um, especially weaved throughout all of literature in a lot of ways. Um, and so being able to, okay, you know, and talk about different archetypes like that. And, 
Um, and so for me, I think that's kind of, it, it almost literature has a degree of, yes, it's, it's built me up as well, but it's also been an um, evangelical tool in a world and in a, in a, an environment where I can't hold up the Bible and say, this is infallible literature. That's awesome. Thanks guys. Um, I'm ready to charge up Mount Doom or into the forces of the white witch, uh, right alongside of y'all. Um, but I really appreciate y'all taking the time. Uh, thank y'all for listening. Um, it's our hope that as we continue with the series that we can discuss uh, good pieces of literature, literature that we've, we've loved. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts as well. Um, but thank y'all for listening and hope to hear you tune in for the next one. <laughs>